Park Avenue Baptist Church podcast listeners, you are going to start hearing us recording from the sanctuary again. We have, as a congregation, decided to come back together to worship in person with masks on and a COVID protocol that is our way of prioritizing the most vulnerable among us, those who cannot be vaccinated or who are not vaccinated. So enjoy listening. And again, you might hear us from our sanctuary in Atlanta, Georgia. Some of the recordings might actually end up um, sounding different in this setting, but we hope that you continue to listen, give us feedback, rate us on your different podcast listening apps and take good care. Be safe. time in our service for offering. If you feel so led to give financially, pray that God will bless you for that. But God honors all the givings and the thanksgivings from our hearts. So be that time, talent, resources. If you feel led to, please do. You can give via text very easily. Text 470-300-1731, 470-300-1731, or online at parkavbaptist.com slash give. Let's pray over the offering at this moment. Creator God, we thank you for this time to be able to give to the upliftment of your kingdom, be it finances, time, talents, resources, a kind smile to someone this week. We ask that you bless those offerings, whatever they may be. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Just a few announcements uh, while you all are giving. Um, Also, those of you who are in the sanctuary, a basket is being passed around. So if you would like to give uh, in person here, please do. And while that's happening, um, so... Uh, if you're online, uh, also if you're in the sanctuary, the announcements that I'm doing, we normally put those in our weekly church email. So if you are not getting those, uh, please uh, see Pastor Darcy or Elliot, and they'll make sure that you get on the uh, distribution list um, because we have the announcements and some sign-up links there. So uh, in keeping with our wanting to um, give various kinds of offerings, these announcements are some ways that you can offer your time, talent, and services as well. So. Um, The clothing closet is in need of canned goods, so if you're able, please donate canned fruit, cans with pop top lids, and individual cereals. You can drop off items at the back door of the church. And if you want to be enriched by helping people um, drive them to church, those who may not have means of transportation, also contact Elliot Glenn. Elliot, raise your hand. Um, Woohoo! And if you are getting our church weekly emails, you can sign up to do that via the Google link in the emails as well. Uh, We're also continuing to need uh, some volunteer help with our high Sunday worship service, and I'm going to let Marthane speak to that just a little bit. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Who wants to help with hybrid worship? All right, if you really want to help, don't just give me a woo-woo. Give me a hand in the air. We got Justin and Jules up in the booth. Give them a shout-out today. Got a, we've got a new sound system. We've got uh, new ways that we are trying to stay connected with our online community. 18 months we were online, and we built up quite a connection with people who may never set foot in Atlanta, and we want to continue to do that and make that live worship live stream available. So uh, show of hands, anybody else that is willing to help learn some new skills and help out with, oh, we got some hands. Oh, God, like a, Oh, and there's a hand back there. I love it. All right, great. I w- oh, and Michael. Oh, hi, Michael. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'll talk to you after worship. Bye. Fabulous. 
Thanks, Martha. And thank you all for volunteering. Just a few more announcements before we move on. We are um, still doing our Monday night book club with Pastor Darcy. It's meeting every Monday at 8 p.m. via Zoom. The book is Wisdom Jesus. And if you are interested in that, there, no, there is no sign-up required. You just click on the Zoom link that is in the weekly church email. So definitely, if you're not getting those emails, sign up for those. Um, and we will continue to do that book as well. We're very excited, very excited to be bringing back the Unpacking Toxic Theology Discussion Group this fall with the theme of, yes, with the theme of hallowed pride. Hallowed is something uh, that is um, holy, and so we want to have pride in how God has created us, whatever we are, however we are, how we exist in this moment. Even if you haven't figured it out, God loves you just the way you are. And so this will be a brave space to investigate negative theology and embrace all of ourselves just as we are how God has lovingly made us, okay? So the group will meet and will run Monday nights, October 12th through November 15th. And you can sign up for the group via the sign-up link and our weekly church emails. And just let us know if you have any specific questions or themes or theology that you would like to unpack together in that discussion group. And we'll definitely try to honor that as we are led. So next we're going to have our scripture reading by Elliot. children were being brought to him in order that he may lay his hands on them and pray. The disciples spoke sternly to those who brought them. But Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not stop them. For it is such as these that the kingdom of heaven belongs. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks yeah. be to God. As we head into uh, our sermon, just we've heard uh, scripture, let this song um, be a space to prepare your heart for whatever spirit wants to say. You are my strength, strength like no Strength like no other reaches to me. You are my hope, hope like no other, hope like no
serve time this. Time for our children's moment. Is there a video, Darcy? Okay. Are you up there? Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. What movie was that from? Vivo. Vivo! Have you guys seen it yet? So, we're talking today. You want to come sit with me? We're talking today about to the beat of your own drum. What does it mean? to march to the beat of your own drum. What do you think? Maybe something like Make a sound. Yeah. Yeah. So in the words of the lovely Raja O'Hara, runner-up on season 11 of, um, of <laughs> RuPaul's Drag Race, if someone says, you're off beat, you can say to them, you just don't hear my song, right? <laughs> So, does it mean, like what? Ducky song. Ducky has his own song. Well, okay, can I get serious on you really quick? Come sit with me. So, does it mean to dance to the beat of your own drum? Does it mean you always have to be loud? agree. I don't think it means you always have to be loud or the one who's extroverted, even though this sermon series is called Extra. So it might be biased or the extroverts, but we really think, do you have to be the loudest to be your living your extraordinary life? I don't think so. No, he's reading me. He knows the right answers. <laughs> um, but really, I think it's about knowing what you love, the things that make you unique, the interests that you have, and you have Oscar, and you have everyone else, and knowing that those were given to you by God, right? God made you to be a unique individual. And that's what it means to dance to the beat of your own drum. 
right? Okay, so maybe we can be loud. Maybe we can be quiet, but it's a self-love that comes with knowing that God loves you. Hey, Luis, do you know that God loves you? Yes? Do you? You don't have to see it. Know it. Yeah. Sometimes we need to be reminded of it though, right? That God loves us just as we are. That God loves our individualities and our quirks <laughs> and everything about us. So, will you pray with me? Yeah. Will you put Ducky over here so we can pray? I had a Ducky behind me. One was a duck head. Yeah. Whew, duck head. <sighs> okay. Can I pray? Can I pray with us? God. God who blesses us and makes us unique. God who ordained us to be who we are. God whose love endures forever. Please make yourself known. Make yourself known in the lives of our little people. Make yourself known in the ways that you seek to reparent yourself, in the ways that we love each other in community. Amen. Thanks for your help. Do you want to go back and play? Okay, thanks. Good job, buddy. <laughs> I didn't account for the fact that I might be like a little bit winded or something after the dancing so there's that that's real well I'm so glad to be here with you all um, I'd love to pray just one more time together before I start God of self-honoring love God of lessons learned the one who helps us to feel and know abundance Abundance and love. God of mistakes. God of making amends. Your everlasting presence is a comfort to our weary souls. God of sad goodbyes and welcoming back. Your open arms enfold us into your warm embrace. God of invitations and curiosities and questions that never leave us. The God who made the trees and the systems of mushrooms that interconnect the trees. God of fingerprints that match tree rings. God of so many beautiful individuals who envisions community and interdependence and love so deep that it brings tears to my eyes. And it's so bright, I have to look away. We come to you this morning, let us be like the children who you called to you and blessed. Let us live into our openness, our oneness with you. May these words honor who we know you to be, the God of everything. Welcome. Let me add my welcome to those who have already shared thank you to our lovely MC and deacon thank you to our lovely tech person and screen guru and music creator and all of the band thank you thanks to Kyle Kyle I knew Kyle was gonna be with me on that so and and Luis um, but yeah welcome I'm Darcy I'm one of the pastors here we're missing our, um, our other half of a pastor team, Pastor Henra. He's out of town. We miss you. If you're watching, we love you. Um, come back safe. And so just to introduce yourself, to introduce myself, excuse me. Um, so you saw me like dancing and <laughs> making a fool out of myself. But I think that what I seek to do is create a space where we can all do that, where we can be authentic, we can be wild quirky. Um, I'm a trans non-binary person and I'm affirmed by they, them pronouns. And I, I just am 
so blessed by this community. And I welcome those watching online. So, you know, I had to get a little extra since that was the adjective used to describe me in high school. Just extra, extra, all the things. I thought it was a cut down though. Like when people said it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's why I love this song. You know, I'm gonna need you out of three, you're out of 10. And, um, and this sermon series about our extraordinary lives, I just think is beautiful. I thought of that quote from the Mary Oliver poem, you know, where she asks us, what are we gonna do with our one wild and precious life? And I know that if I keep that focus, then my behavior is more authentic. It is more in the moment. I bring all of it. I leave it all in the dance floor, as they say. Um, so as our poet Cecilia Ware wrote this morning, your extraordinary life buds from a heart of forgiveness. Forgiveness. Forgiveness, I think, is, is where I start. So now we focus in this series on what connects us. How do we grow in these meaningful ways that evolve us and make us feel more at home in this body that was given to us that is important and more at home with those in our community, right? This connectedness. And Adrienne Marie Brown in her book, Emergent Strategy, talks about, she asked the question, what will it take for us to grow deeper in relationship with each other? And I do think it takes a sense of connectivity with self and community. So I use these two scriptures today, juxtaposing them as one might say. I hear often quoted in church, especially since I've become a parent, the shortened version of Proverbs 22, 6, which is, some, you might hear someone just say, train a child up right, you know? And so pairing that scripture with the scripture where Jesus affirms the presence of God in children as they are. No training required, it seems. And they don't think that this sermon is just for and about children. I think all of us have our inner child that we're working to reparent. We're working to grow to love more and deeper. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. But I see these two scriptures sort of falling into that age-old debate of nurture versus nature. And so what impacts our children most? Is it nature, how we're made, what is in us when we were born? Or is it nurture, how we are treated, how we are parented, how we parent ourselves? So we talk about this a lot in my house, obviously. We are a queer, multiracial, blended family with a teacher and a pastor. We talk about nurture <laughs> versus nature a lot. Um, you know, we, we talk it out. We are, of course, talking about this. So we were on a walk the other day, and we're talking a lot about children's education. We've recently started um, unschooling or homeschooling. Uh, Amy has. And uh, she mentioned to me that she saw a, um, a daycare that was called Kids Under Construction <laughs> and, like, thought the building was under construction. But, no, like, that was the name of it. And no shade, if that's your business, that's, that's awesome. I think raising children is the most important thing that we can do, um, and as well as parenting our own inner child. Um, but I also thought, in a, in a second thought, wow, we really think that this way, you know, we believe that we can change a person through education. I think in Christian, Christianity, we believed that we could change people through belief in Jesus, right? And I think the inner work that comes with that does change us. But I don't think children are these agents to be to be taught who are who aren't fully they're full human beings affirmed by God as they are, right? And so the education that we receive that tells us anything less than that that's something we have to reparent later, I think. So I'd say, you know, I was 
nurtured and I was loved well, right? And so on this nurture side of the debate, nurtured children, they become confident adults, right? They evolve into balanced grown folks, don't they? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously they do. And then there's my example or another example where you loved me well. I'm talking about mom and dad now. You loved me well and still the hot mess that was me in my early 20s evolved, right? I mean, dumpster fire, hot mess. There was a lot going on. And so, you know, I was trained up right. Did I stray? Yeah, definitely. And I think in those times of leaving, I found God. I found God. So to prepare for this sermon, um, I read a couple of old sermons that were on Proverbs 22. Um, I'll just mention one of them because it was also, um, yeah, there's a lot out there on this. Proverbs 22 reads, train children up in the right way, and when they are old, they will not stray. Henry Stobe, professor of ethics and apologetics at Calvin Theological Seminary, wrote, um, he preached this in 1963. With the education provided by our Christian schools, nothing less is at stake than the spiritual nurture of our children and and their responsible citizenship in the kingdom of God. Nothing less than the future of souls. Um, So... I, I, I read this, and frankly, I didn't get through the whole thing, honestly. I, I stopped when Reverend Stobbs um, pronounced that children were, not, were passive, but not entirely passive. He was giving them some, some grace, right? Um, and you might have heard this maxim, and I think it's mainly in the past, this one where we say children are better seen and not heard. And of course... We don't agree with that today. I don't agree with that. But instead, confessionally, I say, you know, we do dismiss children's ideas sometimes, don't we? Their interests, their internal thoughts. Sometimes we still have this legacy of looking at children as passive and less than whole beings. Again, this hierarchical thinking has influenced us all. In, the, in our ways of being, in our ways of being in the world, um, this way of reasoning about children and students is really common in Socratic teaching. And the student is seen as this empty vessel for the professor to fill with knowledge, right? This is kind of known as the brain dump model. But as students, the students we know have their own experience, their own perception and wisdom. Children and are especially, I think, subject to this type of thinking. Perhaps when we think that the training, that children under construction are going to really grow up to be one way or another, maybe that type of thinking is this Socratic method. And I think this deep set of stigmatization and objectification happens to our little people all the time. Happens to ourselves also when we're reparenting that inner child. You know, I have it within me. I have to be confessional when I think about these things. Sometimes I parent out of that negative track, this inherited hierarchy. I'm working on it right? I'm working on it. But I still have to bite my tongue sometimes on the I told you so's or the do it because I said so's, right? And these are the ways that that I was dominated as a a young, young person. So as parents and friends and chosen family and community, I know that we are all doing the best that we can, right? And I know that generationally, parents are doing better, We're doing better. Um, And I say these truths confessionally because I believe that awareness of this can break our cycles. We can reparent ourselves. We can raise free people, right? So these tools of coercion and power dynamics, they cannot be what we use to teach people. And 
we can't teach our liberative faith in this way either. Tools of the master's house will never take down the master, right? So we need to change. We cannot fall back into these, using these tools, right? But what's the new way? What's the next way? We don't have examples out there. We have some. You have to look for them, right? But we have very little practice in the, on the whole in this equity-based, trusting relationship model, right? There's almost no Christian curriculum that does not moralize or police beliefs, right? So letting children develop their own way of believing, our own way of believing, that's radical somehow, right? Um, but we can begin nurturing our children. And as whole and authentic people, rather than trying to mold them, rather than trying to change ourselves, we can accept ourselves. We can be extra, right? And we don't have to then maybe spend our adulthood recovering from what happened to us as children, right? So I see these cycles of coercion impacting, doing harm through theology, right? And I see these in these tracks that run in our head, right? The Christian theology, more moral theology that we received, do this or dot, 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 believe this or dot, dot, dot. And I think this generation of church can do better. We can hold a truly liberative theology. And again, my point is not to flippantly dismiss this ancient wisdom. Proverbs is a wisdom text, and it has been passed down through generations. And I'm not saying it's wrong, right? I think it's just been wielded within a system that was seeking control instead of letting go, instead of letting God do God's big work within us. And in fact, I, this wisdom is, is a pathway toward enlightenment. And the way of the asceticism, rigorous practice, has been tried and true. The Essenes, like John the Baptist, used this method. And Jesus came to us practicing some of those methods in the beginning of his ministry, and then embodying a totally different way, a different way toward enlightenment. And that is the way of abundance and love and living extra into this life, dining, playing, blessing children, doing this any day of the week, okay? And so it's not that that is different, or, or it's not that that is wrong. The desert parents' wisdom is tried and true. Proverbs' wisdom is there. We just need to be careful of how we use it. He's practicing this invitational way of being. And I think that's what we're trying to practice. You are invited to a relationship with God. You're invited to see that you are one with your community around you. And our model for this type of living was Jesus. Come and see. He taught in this way. He asked questions. He listened to responses. God is big enough for all of those questions. God is big enough for all of the different ways we want to come to know God. Train children upright. And when they were old, they will not stray. As a person who believes firmly, and I said this before, in those moments of straying, those moments when I had to step away from spiritual spaces or churches that harmed me, I found God in those moments. Right? God is not just here in this building. God is in and through all of us. So we're not leaving God, right, when we stray. Maybe we're finding another way, another way to be. And so if it's not, you know, I, I just keep wondering, well, then what, how do we use this text, right? What, what does it mean? And I think what Jesus what does Jesus mean? 
when he proclaims the kingdom of God is for some such as these, talking about the children. What does that mean? I mean, yes, I think we can say, oh, that means be awesome and be extra and within is what you need and, and what you're looking for. But Jesus very clearly uses this metaphor of the kingdom of God throughout his teachings. And I have to shout it out. We're studying the wisdom Jesus. We, um, <laughs> looking at Elizabeth, we have been reading it together now for four weeks. And Cynthia Bourgeau, the author of this book, really gives amazing interpretation around the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God as a state of consciousness, a state of consciousness where we recognize our oneness with God, that ever-flowing presence of life, that Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that exchange of energy in community, within us and within community. And it was in Jesus and it is in us. The kingdom of God is where we see that interconnection. The children, despite cognitively in these times of growing up, they are learning to distinguish between things, right? One of these things is not like the other. But maybe we have to teach them that because they are so interconnected. They see that the world is one. They are one within it. And so maybe this children's openness to wonder, to imagination, to awe, to newness, makes them the bearers of the kingdom for us, okay? And so just the, this book is incredible. I want to tell another story, but I think I'll just wait and hold that. But that to me makes becoming like a child to enter the kingdom of God more accessible, right? Like the camel going through the eye of the needle. I think before it seemed really inaccessible. How does that work? I need to be like a child again, open to see the world anew, recognizing that each act of love that I put into the universe is a part of that cycle of connectedness. So I'll share one, one more story. Um, we were at dinner the other night celebrating, and um, Luis has his headphones on. He was playing mailman with us and sending us letters. It was a holiday um, of Yom Kippur, and we were gathered, the Jarrett's. Um, and Luis gave me a note. And I knew this was going to happen, but it said, thank you for being my da. That's what he calls me. Um, and I just was like, I wouldn't be that without you. Um, not only did he give me that nickname, but I wouldn't be who I am without the people that I'm connected to. And I think parenting and reparenting has been this opportunity to become more of me in a way that I didn't even know. I didn't even understand. I think I thought that was like codependent or something <laughs> in this way. And it and I think for many years I I I confused codependence with interdependence. Interdependence, I need you. I need you to survive. I need you to find me. And so even if we're not literal parents in this world, we all have this inner child that we are trying to parent and reparent that requires our compassion, that this kind attention is all that we need within and without, within our communities. And the concept of reparenting is beautiful to me. Amy always sends me articles on it because I'm talking about it a lot. But treating your inner child to the nurturing that maybe you needed in a way that you didn't receive it as a young person. That can be your reparenting. You know, your childhood, whatever it was, um, addressing what happened in that time is so important to us all, right? Our inner child needs this acknowledgement. It needs us to know that we are present for ourselves. There's a Quaker theologian, Douglas Steer, who has a famous quote, 
where he says, to listen, to listen another's soul into a condition of disclosure and discovery may almost be the greatest service any human being ever performs for another. We can do that with each other. We can do that with our own inner self. We can listen to what we need. We can create that. So this is what we see again and again in interactions with Jesus, right? Jesus recognizing another. Jesus being recognized by those on the margins. Jesus inviting us, sitting with those and us, blessing us. Maybe that's what Jesus meant when he said the kingdom is in children like these, right? The inner child in us holds that innocence, that awe, that imagination, that wonder. And the world needs this. We need to tap into this within ourselves. After Jesus sat with the children, giving them his full attention and presence, calling them important, he blessed them. Words are important. He blessed them. So whether that's me saying affirmations to myself or saying the words out loud to the little people in my life, affirming them, affirming me, I think these, this is our call this morning. You, too, are important. You are made in the image of God. You are made in the likeness of the divine. The divine rests inside of you. God of self-honoring love and lessons learned. The one who helps us to feel and know abundance and love. God of mistakes and God of coming home and making amends. Your everlasting presence is a comfort to our weary souls. May this be the God that we love and know. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Darcy. It's a time in our service where we just sit in meditation and reflection upon the message that we just heard, however that moves you. Um, if you have any prayer requests or any thoughts, please share them in the chat if you're on Facebook Live. Uh, please share those in the chat and comments or direct message if you want to have prayer uh, for us. Pastor Darcy will be in the back. Also, all our deacons who are present, if you would be in the back, if, if anyone would like to uh, come forward for a private prayer. If you would like to join our church, also, you can let us know that back in the rear of the sanctuary. And if you're online, you can direct message us that as well. But respond as you feel led.
benediction. Go into a world that is too often unjust. Go with abundant love. Go with a heart that is being healed. Go knowing that the God who made you loves you and empowers you to live boldly, to serve inclusively, and to love creatively. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Park Avenue Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 10 a.m.-ish. We are at 486 Park Ave in Southeast Atlanta, across the street from Grant Park, at the corner of Park Ave and Sydney Street. To find out more about us or get in touch, visit our website at parkavebaptist.com. Now go into the world that is too often unjust. Knowing that the God who created you loves you and empowers you. To love boldly. Live inclusively. And to serve creatively. Amen. Amen.